0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for May 31st, 2022. We just got out of a long weekend now. We're about to basically start, although it's a Tuesday morning. This is the first workday of this week. I want you to start the week with the Word of God. So we're going to get into the Word of God this morning. I'm actually going to give you a message that's a little bit different. I normally just give you a message and go boom, 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 give you some points. I'm going to take a—we're going to zoom out today and take a big picture at the Bible and a big picture, get a greater understanding— of the grace of God. I'm excited about it. This is God's grace and our faith part 25, God's grace and the bigger picture. Get ready to receive the word. Right, so in our last message, we looked at John one and fourteen, John one and seventeen, which are our foundational scriptures, and we looked at Galatians five and thirteen. I'm going to read those same scriptures again for you today, but once again, we're going to we're going to zoom out a little bit and take a bigger picture of the grace of God. It's almost like I'm going to give you a Bible summary in just a few minutes. I'm going to summarize Old Covenant, New Covenant in just a few minutes for you, so you can get a greater understanding. You will never maximize what you do not understand a greater understanding of the grace of God. You ready? All right. So let me read our scriptures first. John 1 and 14, the Bible says, the word Jesus became flesh and he dwelt among us and we were able to behold his glory. It is the glory of the only begotten of the father who came from the father full of grace and truth. John 1 and 17, the Bible says the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. The law was given Grace and truth came in the form of a person and his name is Jesus. Galatians 5 and 13, the Bible says, beloved ones, this is the passion translation, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another, expressing love, in everything we do. So, what does this mean for you today? Like once, once again, I told you, instead of just giving you points, I'm gonna give you some nuggets at the end. But I want to give you like a, a whole recap or quick summary of the Bible, so you can zoom out a little bit, get a better understanding. I've done this before, but I think is is very important not to just get micro views but to get macro views from time to time, because this helps you understand the Bible. It helps you understand God and what he was really trying to do and what he's trying to do today. All right. So to understand the old covenant, which is the law that was given by Moses, um, you got to kind of zoom out a little bit. We got to see what the old covenant lacked, right? And what the new covenant, this new covenant ratified with the blood of Jesus, the new covenant of God's grace, what it provides. And so for the most part, the old covenant under the law, the law always required and grace provides. So the law required things of us, grace provides things for us. And so understanding that, let's take a look at it. God created everything, going back to Genesis, God created everything uh, on the planet pretty much in five days, if you look at you know the, the creation account. And then on the sixth day, God created man. And God placed man over everything that he created. So he created everything on the earth, and then he created man and said, all this stuff is yours. I want you to to rule it, to have dominion over it. Adam was supposed to be the ruler of this planet. God was ruling up there, say up there, and we were supposed to rule down here, say down here, right? So Adam was God's representative on this world. Adam was supposed to extend heaven's influence to this planet. Put this in the chat heaven on earth. The goal was heaven on earth. The desire was heaven on earth. God is like, I'm up here. You're down there. The the intent, the original intent is heaven on earth. So we're supposed, we as, as humans, we're supposed to extend heaven's influence to this planet so we can experience heaven on earth. To understand this, um, you got to understand that God likens himself to a king. So if you bring a Western mindset, uh, to the Bible. If, you, if you're coming to the Bible, like from the mindset that we have, um, and our mindset is different than, than God's mindset, then if we bring this Western mindset to the Bible, um, it's going to be hard to understand the things of God because God likens himself to a king. And so there were a time where, where kings and monarchies were the norm, but today presidents and prime ministers are the norm. So if you don't understand kingship and monarchies, it's going to be hard to really understand the Bible because the Bible is a book written about a king and a kingdom. And so I live in the United States. The United States of America uh, is a republic of the people, by the people, for the people, right? But God God has a kingdom and it's God's realm. And God's realm, is, the word kingdom is a compound word, king's domain. So it's God's king. He's a king and he has a domain. And so the king's domain or the kingdom is the domain of the king. And this is, uh, uh, it is a domain that is of the king, by the king, and for the king. And so so it's not about the people. It's all about the king, right? Presidents and prime ministers have checks and balances. Kings have complete control and sovereign rule. And so this is why you got to, like, it's, it's just different. It's just different. The reason why God can just bequeath something to you or God can just pronounce something over you And that's it. And nobody could stop him. Nobody could check him. Nobody can balance him. If God said it is done, God says to to a little boy, a teenager who was hanging out with sheep and he wasn't part of the bloodline. He wasn't supposed to be a king. God, who is the king, says you're going to be the next king of Israel. That's it. Nobody can stop it because God's a king. A president in, in, let's say in the United States, if a president just tries to pronounce something over somebody, actually they could get in trouble for it, right? There's checks and balances, but there's no checks and balances with the king. Put this in the text: say God is a king. You got to understand that God is a king. Kings have complete control. Kings have sovereign rule. To be clear, God, uh, God is. When I say God is a king, at least God likens himself to a king in the Bible. So it's like God gives us this analogy. So that we can understand how he operates. He operates like a king. He has no checks, no balances. He doesn't have to ask anybody anywhere for anything. God is God. And so if God pronounces something over you, then it has been said, so let it be done. You know, that's it. So kings have kingdoms and they expand their control by expanding their borders. And when they take over a land, they colonize it. And so the goal, when they colonize it, what they do is they they attempt to bring their culture, the culture of the kingdom to the colony. So they bring the culture of the kingdom to the colony, right? So we're supposed to bring heaven to the earth. I'm bringing heaven to the earth because I'm bringing the culture of the kingdom to the colony. Heaven is part of the kingdom and this earth is a colony of the kingdom. And so we're supposed to bring the culture of the kingdom and the king to the colony. And to make sure that this happens, what kings do is that they place a subordinate ruler over that land. They place a subordinate ruler. See, God is a king. And so what he did is he placed Adam to operate as a king over this world. He And, and so kings, let me say it this way. Kings can pass on power one or two ways. Number one, they can die. <laughs> Or number two, they can appoint a subordinate ruler over a portion of the kingdom. And if they put a ruler over a portion of the kingdom, they're still the king of the whole kingdom, but then the subordinate ruler is just a a king over the little portion of the sphere of influence that they have. And so they get to rule that while the, the other king, the big king, rules everything over the whole kingdom. You got it? Now, there's two rule, two options. Either one, you die, or two, you put a subordinate ruler. Obviously, God can't die, so he had to go with option number two. So option number two is God placed Adam over this little earth, and then God says, okay, well, you rule down there, and I'm going to rule from up here, and you're going to operate like a little king, and you're going to operate like a little lord. The word lord means ruler. And so you will be a king, you will be a lord, and then there will be many of you and then I'm going to be the king of the kings, and I'm going to be the lord of the lords. And so I place you down there to represent me. I place you down there to colonize that planet with my culture. You're supposed to colonize that planet with my culture. So Adam and others that were supposed to be like him were supposed to be the kings and the rulers of the kings and the lords of this world. And of course, God will still be the king of kings and the lord of lords. So in this way, God would be the king over the whole kingdom, right? and Adam and others like Adam were supposed to emulate God on this planet, and we were supposed to be kingdom representatives or God's representatives in this world within our sphere of influence, right? You got it? Say, it's, Put this in the chat. It's all about the kingdom, all right? You get it. I'm, I'm trying to take my time, and I'm building my case, and I'm, I'm going to get you there. So you're like, Rick, what does this have to do with grace? Hold on. I'm getting you there. To do this effectively, God equipped Adam for the job. So God was like, I'm going to make you the king over this little planet, but I got to equip you for the job. And so when the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit have a conference, they go, what do we do? We're going to create him or man in our image and after our likeness. Okay, got it. And then watch this. We're going to put our spirit in him. Come on now. We're going to put our spirit in him so that he can operate like us because our spirit inside of him will be our connection to him. And so since we're going to put our spirit inside of him, he's going to know what we're thinking. And so I'm up here, I'm gone, and I'm going to put my spirit inside of him, this human, and now this human can know what I'm thinking because my spirit is inside of him and he has my spirit. And because he has my spirit, that's my direct connection to him. And so now he gets to know what I'm thinking. He doesn't have to go to school. This particular Adam, he never went to school. He never received an education. What he received was revelation from the father. And so he's like, now I'm going to put my spirit down inside of him and he's going to extend our kingdom to that little planet. And so when he extends our kingdom to this planet, how does he do it? By by receiving his orders from headquarters, by receiving revelation from heaven, by receiving... Now, Adam, this little Adam is not living by an external set of rules. No, this, earth, this little Adam down here is not living by an external set of rules. He's not checking the rules. Am I doing all these things right? No, he's living by the internal presence of the Holy Spirit. And so this Adam is walking around with God in the cool of the day. This Adam is walking around with God and God is walking around with him. This Adam is receiving insight wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and understanding. And so so all of that, this is a picture of the original intent. Original intent, right? You got it. You, I, I'm taking my time, but I'm, I'm going to get you there. So to make a long story short, Adam sinned. We know that. And when he sinned, the Holy Spirit was removed and the eyes of both of them were open. And it was like, oh, and they started to cover themselves up and, and they put fig leaves. And then from that moment on, They were resigned to living their lives as mere men, as mere humans. God kicked them out of the garden and says, okay, well, now they're going to live without us, without God. So they're going to live without me inside of them for a while. And so they're going to live without the Holy Spirit. And so now when God pulled the Holy Spirit out because of Adam, it created a hole. Put Put this in the chat. Say, I was born with a hole. It created a hole inside of humans. And every human born after Adam, with the inheritance of the first Adam, was born with a hole, with a void inside of him or her. And now we're living as mere humans. And now we're no longer with that kingdom, dominion, power, and authority. And so now we're living as mere humans without the Holy Spirit. And because we have a hole, people try to fill the hole. And they try to fill the hole with sex, drugs, money, alcohol, fame, positions, power, the problem is that the only agent that can fill the hole was the agent that created the hole in the first place when he left. And that agent is Holy Spirit. And so the only the Holy Spirit can fill the hole. So people try to fill the hole with all kinds of stuff. And this is why people go out there, they get the money, they get the fame, they, they, they their name is in lights and they commit suicide. They, they get the money, they get the fame, they buy all the houses, they buy all the cars and they're depressed. Because there's a hole that only the Holy Spirit can fill. And you will never be satisfied until you're born again. You will never have peace until you're born again because there's a hole there that only the Holy Spirit can fill. Say amen to that. So let me fast forward now. I'm trying to summarize all this stuff in one day. So let me fast forward now to Abram. God shows up to a man named Abram. God chose to bless this man, Abram. This was the grace of God. Abram did nothing to earn it, nothing to deserve it. God shows up to this this man named Abram, and God promises to bless this man. He says, I'm gonna, I've decided that I wanna bless you. I'm gonna make your name great. I'm gonna bless you. All the families of the earth shall be blessed through you. I'm gonna bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. And God promised this man, Abraham, a plot of land. And so he, he says, as far as you can see, if you can see it, you can have it. See, I'm giving you this land has this conversation. But he says to Abram, you are not going to have this land now. It's going to be for your descendants, but it's going to be some 400 plus years. So it's going to take some time. And but when that time comes, I'm going to make sure that your descendants get this land and it will be their possession forever. 430 years later, 430 years after this conversation, God gave Moses, one of Abraham's descendants, um, God, you know, the the burning bush. God tells Moses, go, let my people go. They go through all of that. Moses goes up to Mount Sinai 430 years after the conversation with Abraham, and God gives to Moses the Ten Commandments. Uh Uh-oh, now we have the law. You see all the stuff that happened before the law was even given? So so don't think that the whole 39 books of the Old Testament is the Old Covenant. The, The Old Covenant is not even introduced until... Mount Sinai. And so anyway, so all of that happened. Now the law was given. And so now the law was given 10 commandments on tablets of stone and 603 more commandments, if you read Leviticus. So there's 613 commandments total. And so these were people now that God was showing that they needed a savior so he could restore the Holy Spirit to fill the hole. And so he says, okay, I'm going to introduce this system of rules. And under this system of rules, you guys are going to have to work for everything that you have. Uh, it's not the grace of God. And the spotlight is on you and you working for me. And the goal is to show you that you're not good enough. The goal is to show you that you are that you need a savior. And, and and so when I send the savior, at least you know that you need to be saved, right? And so now he puts this law in place and the people that were living under the law with the types and shadows of the law, and they had this religious system and this religious mindset and the Holy Spirit lived inside, of the Holy of Holies that only the high priest once a year could visit. And then there was a uh, 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 there was a holy place, and then the most holy place, and there was outer court, inner court, all of that. And so this was types and shadows, and there was this religious system, and there was a Re- Levitical priesthood, and all, and only the Le- Levitical priesthood could, could, could talk to God. And, and there was one tribe of priests and eleven tribes of kings, and all of this stuff happened with the old covenant and types and shadows and rules and ten commandments written on tablets of stone, six hundred and three more commandments, all of that. These people look nothing like Adam. The people living under the law look nothing like God's original intent. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They're not walking with God, and God is not walking with them in the cool of the day. They're not exercising kingdom, dominion, power, and authority, and so so they're they're walk they're trying to please God in all of that, and God is blessing the work of their hands, and and they have good kings and they do well, and they have bad kings and they do bad, and. And it's all performance-based. And, and so whenever they had a good king, Israel was prospering. And when they had a bad king, and then they got destroyed. And, and if you read First and Second Chronicles, First and Second Kings, you see this roller coaster, and it's all performance-based. And it's all about their performance, and it's all about religion and, and religious activity and all of that. That, hasn't, that looks nothing like Adam. That looks nothing like the original intent. These people, they didn't have a direct connection to the father. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. They they were not living as rulers on this planet. They were focused on external rules, not internal power. And so this is not a picture of God's best. This is not a picture of God's original intent. But then Jesus came, right? I'm trying to get this, like I'm giving you a big summary all in one day. Then Jesus came. And when Jesus came, he came to get us out of the mess that Adam got us into. When Jesus came, Jesus like, no, 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 I got to get you all the way back. Not to Moses. All the way back, not to Abraham all the way back to Adam. I'm trying to get you all the way back to what what it was like before Adam did what he did. So Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He was the only perfect human to ever live. And he was erroneously convicted on trumped up charges, right? He was taken from mock trial to mock trial in the middle of the night. And then, watch this, he could have stopped all of this whenever he wanted, but he didn't. He allowed it. Nobody took his life. He gave his life. And then he died on the cross for us. He paid the penalty for what for what Adam did in the Garden of Eden, and 50 days later, put say 50 days later, 50 days later, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was restored to man. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit was restored. And when the Holy Spirit was restored, the new covenant, the new Testament was established on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was restored. And so now the Holy Spirit, bam, is, given, is, is back inside of man. And this is just like it was with Adam in the garden of Eden. Now, when the Holy Spirit was restored on the day of Pentecost, we finally have what Adam had. We finally, and we're restored all the way back put this in the chat, to the Garden of Eden. I'm restored all the way back to the Garden of Eden. See, the law, John said, was given by Moses, but no grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. We're now restored all the way back to God's power, God's authority, God's kingdom. And so now I'm back. And so now the Holy Spirit is living inside of us. Now, boom, the whole is filled. Now I have peace that passes all understanding. Now I have power and authority over serpents and devils and demons and demonic influences. And nothing shall by any means harm me. Glory to God. Why? Because the power of God is on me. The grace of God is on me. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm restored. I have supernatural power. I'm not living anymore by external rules. I'm living by internal power. And now I can extend heaven to the earth day And so now I can live like Adam lived. Now I go back to Genesis 1, 26 through 28. I have kingdom, dominion, power, and authority. And I can do it because of Jesus. And I can do it because of God's spirit. And so we are now, as New Covenant, New Testament believers, human conduits of the divine. Glory to God. This is why Paul said in the scripture that I read, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But please, come on, please don't view this freedom as an opportunity to set up your base camp, your base of operations in the natural realm. Come on, you were living like that under the old covenant. He said, now that you're born again, you're, you're, don't live, don't set up your base of operations in the natural realm. You're, you're, heaven is your home. And so now you're supposed to be looking unto heaven for instructions and wisdom. You're supposed to be living down here in sync with up there. And so once you receive the Holy Spirit, watch this, let me say it this way. If you receive the Holy Spirit, but then you just try to live the same way you were living before, performance-based, rules-based, living as a mere human, living as a mere man, then you're wasting the grace. It's it's like you're you're not acknowledging what Jesus did. Under the old covenant, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. Under the old covenant, they didn't have God's power. But under the old covenant, they never laid hands on anybody and watched them recover. They never laid hands on the sick. That was not part of what they did. That was not that was not part of the uh, of the grace that was on their life. Now, New Testament, you have the Holy Spirit, and so now watch this. If you think after all of what I said, if you think that God gave you all of this grace, <laughs> so you can now go sin, you've missed the message altogether. If you if you if you heard everything I just said and said, oh, now I'm I'm free. Now I can go, you know, I can go sin then you, you you didn't really listen to what I said. I mean, the Holy Spirit empowers you. You are free from the power of sin. Now you, you can go be who it is that God has called you to be. Let me give you a few things as I close. A few nuggets. The message of grace has nothing to do with being free to sin. It, you are free from the powers of sin. The message of grace has everything to do With living free from the limits of your humanity. Once you're born again, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, your sin has been forgiven. You are free. Look at me. Put this in the chat. Say, I am free. You are free. You are free. You are forgiven. You are born again. You are called according to God's purpose. And you are free to be the man or the woman that you are called to be from the foundations of the world. You are free to change the world by God's grace and for God's glory. The rules introduced with the 10 commandments and the 603 additional commandments were part of a rules-based system. They were designed to cause humans to get to the end of ourselves. So they were designed to show humans that we're not good enough, that our performance could never measure up to the goodness of God. In other words, it basically uh, the law was designed to get you to the end of yourself so you could say, I need God, I need Jesus. And once you get to the end of yourself and you realize that you're not good enough and you open up your heart to the grace of God, and this is grace that Jesus died to usher us into. At that point, the grace of God will do through you more than you can ever do without God. It's the grace life, right? This is what I teach. So I keep teaching this because I want to help you to be delivered from performance-based religion. I'm not doing this to give you a liberty or license to sin. Matter of fact, if you want to sin, you're going to sin without a license. You don't need a license to sin. If you want to sin, you're going to do it because that you're just being hard-headed and a stiff neck. But I'm just saying, we're not free to sin. We're free to be who it is that God has called us to be. I want you to free. I want you to be free to live beyond the limits of your humanity. The grace of God that that Jesus ushered us into—kingdom, dominion, power, and authority—that's. Listen, you have that now. Put that in the chat. Say, "I have power and authority, and I have it now. I have power and authority now. God has given you power. God has given you authority. God has given you both the badge and the gun." right? He gives you the authority. That's the badge. He gives you power. That's the gun. And so he gives you both. He gives you the authority to operate in his name and the power to exercise power over serpents and scorpions and over every, all the powers of the enemy. And he didn't do this because you deserve it. He didn't do this because you earned it. He did this by the grace of God. Adam did nothing to earn God's assignment, but God gave him the grace to do it. Abraham did nothing to earn God's assignment but God gave him the grace to do it. You did nothing to earn your assignment, but God chose to use you. God chose to use you. He did this by grace. So now your job is to live by faith. Your faith taps into God's grace so you can become the man or woman God has called you to be. As I close, let me tell you, stop trying to earn it. You're not good enough. You ain't good enough today. You're not gonna be good enough tomorrow. Just receive it. Just believe and receive what God has called you to walk in. See yourself the way God sees you. Believe what God believes about you, and you're not living by external rules. You're living by internal power, by the internal leading of the Holy Spirit. I gave you a whole summary of the Bible in a few minutes, so let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about your grace, your power, your spirit, and your desire for this planet. Your kingdom has come. Your will shall be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's happening now and it will continue to happen through me. I am a human conduit of the divine. I walk around with your spirit on the inside of me. I am forgiven, empowered, emboldened, and employed in your kingdom. Your kingdom is always advancing. Your desire is for heaven to manifest on the earth every day. So I yield to you so you can manifest heaven on earth through me. I declare that my sphere of influence will experience heaven today through me. I take your kingdom into every meeting, every conversation, and all the activity that I engage in today. Therefore, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. If you want my notes, todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Leave me some comments in the chat. If this message was a blessing to you, I pray that these messages continue to be a blessing to you. And then do me a favor. Share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. If you love this content and you would like more private content, direct content, uh, direct access to Isabella and I, check out patreon.com forward slash Rick Pena. Have an amazing day. i see you tomorrow morning. Walk in the blessing. God bless you.